Hey everyone, welcome back to the channel. My name is Aaron and this is Mind Science episode 14. This week's video is going to build upon last week's episode on healing the shadow. And what I'm going to be outlining in today's video are the mechanics of exactly how and why we attract the relationships that we do, particularly in our romantic partners. Now this is something I get asked about pretty often. And now that we've laid a good foundation for what the shadow, defense mechanisms, and projection are, I feel like we're well prepared to explore this topic in depth. So this may come as a huge shock, but it is actually your subconscious mind that is choosing all of your friendships and partnerships, not your conscious mind. All perception is shaped and molded by our subconscious beliefs. And so on the conscious level, it appears as though we have the free will to choose whatever friends and partners that we want. But unless we've done a lot of healing work and gained a lot of self-awareness, then we're only being given access to a small range of the possibilities that are actually available to us. Your conscious mind has no idea that this is going on, but whenever you meet someone, your subconscious mind is picking up on all the little energetic cues that they're sending you. There is so much communication that takes place on an energetic level, and again, there is no conscious awareness between the two people that this kind of communication is even taking place. But the simple truth is that we communicate with people's energy, and whatever words we exchange or interactions we might have are just the result of whatever communication is going on between the two energy fields. This is why people tend to gravitate towards those who are like them, but tend to repel people who are different from them. The ego can read the energetic data that's being sent and make a quick decision on whether or not this person will make me a good friend or a partner based upon one thing only, which is what I can get from them. Let's suppose that a guy named John goes to a party one night. John is the kind of person who believes that he's a victim of life. He's very insecure and feels like life is always cruel and unfair to him. John meets two people at this party. The first person he meets is David, who also has the same general outlook about himself as a victim to life. So John and David will feel an instant connection with one another because they will validate one another's victim identity. They spend time chumming it up on how unfair life is to them and competing with stories about whose job is worse and whose girlfriend is more overbearing. Both John and David will pick up on the fact that neither one of them is very confident, which means that they aren't a threat to one another. This makes them feel safe and generally likable to one another. An hour later, John meets a guy named Mike who is very confident and self-aware. John tries to tell Mike the same stories about how awful his week has been, why his job sucks, and why Donald Trump is the Antichrist. Mike listens to John but doesn't seem interested in all the negative talk. Mike offers John a new perspective that maybe his outlook on life is actually the problem. John laughs it off and says, not at all, man. I've got a great outlook on life. I just can't seem to catch a break, you know? So Mike says, I see. Well, great talking with you, man. Best of luck to you. John thinks to himself, what a pretentious douche that guy was, pretending like he knows my life better than I do. So John leaves the party feeling like he chose to make friends with David and not with Mike. But what actually happened is that John was simply a match to David and a mismatch to Mike, based upon his own unhealed aspects. A person who lives their life from a victim mentality 
doesn't want to befriend someone who's empowered and is going to call them out on their shit all the time and not validate all of their sad stories. They want to befriend someone who will validate their stories. John's ego recognizes that it can't get anything it wants from a guy like Mike. So whatever hated aspects of self are present get projected onto Mike to ensure that John's victim identity stays perfectly intact. So when using this example, we can begin to see how our shadow actually tells us who it's comfortable being friends with based upon whether or not this person threatens the concept of self that I have in place that protects me from facing my pain. Until we're ready to face our pain, then we're not going to be a match to the kinds of people that we really want to be friends with. Because let's face it, nobody who's done the work to heal their own insecurities wants to hang out with somebody who's still stuck in a victim role. And that's because there's no real exchange that can happen in a friendship like that. The victim wants the empowered person to validate their victimhood, but the empowered person will refuse to do that. So the two people are what we call a mismatch. And the exact same thing occurs in our romantic relationships as well, except for the fact that partnerships usually include much more baggage than friendships because of the way that they mirror how we were raised. So let's take a quick example of this. As long as there are parts of us that are unhealed, we will unconsciously look for partners who match those unhealed aspects with their own. Let's say that John from our earlier example meets a woman on a dating app who is highly motivated, has a successful career, and is very emotionally intelligent. John may find her physically attractive, but he'll leave the date feeling like there just wasn't a spark. But what that really means is that their energies were repelling one another. Because John's victim identity finds her level of self-empowerment very intimidating. So in order to protect his victim role, John will project his own insecurities onto her and say, I just don't want to date someone who's more invested in their career than they are in me. John would prefer to find a girl who doesn't have much going for her so that she will make John her entire world. So no real choice is ever made because the subconscious is actually the one running the show and simply determining who it finds threatening or validating. As I talked about in last week's video, our definition of love is defined by how we experienced love from our parents as a child. The way we were raised has a massive influence on the kind of partners that we look for. And this is because the subconscious mind has no concept of self and other. Everything it knows is just a reflection of the self. So any destructive behaviors your parents had towards you as a child becomes what your subconscious mind secretly thinks you desire because that was the only definition of love that you ever knew. So a girl who grows up in a household with two parents who are constantly fighting, abusing, or cheating on one another will most likely grow up to be attracted to the kinds of men that she can fix. She wants to fix her partners in the same way that her inner child still wants to fix her parents' broken marriage. A girl who grows up with a father who's very neglectful or abusive will most likely grow up to find herself attracted to those guys who are assholes to her. And she doesn't know why she's so attracted to these kinds of men, but they just give her that spark. Well, that spark is actually just a subconscious match to her definition of love as she experienced it as a child. The only relationship she knows how to have with the masculine is as dysfunctional and abusive. 
because even though deep down she hates being abused or neglected or cheated on, the drama gives her a kind of sickening high that makes her feel valuable when the guy comes back again, because that's a perfect match to how she experienced love as a child from her father. But let's suppose that a self-empowered woman who's healed her traumas meets one of these asshole guys on a first date. What she sees is not some cutting-edge mysterious guy, but a little boy wearing diapers and sucking his thumb. What that kind of woman's attracted to is a man who's emotionally intelligent, mature, and self-aware. But if a disempowered woman goes on a date with that kind of a man, she'll leave the date saying, I mean, he was nice, but he was kind of boring. <laughs> you can only ever see a reflection of who you are. So if you have unhealed aspects inside of you, then you're going to be a match to other people with unhealed aspects in them. So a boy who grows up with a mom who's very overbearing will find himself distancing from women as he gets older and only wanting sex from women but no emotional connection or intimacy. He only likes promiscuous women now, and if he meets a monogamous woman who's looking for a relationship, he'll find her to be off-putting because she actually represents the emotional connection with the feminine that he subconsciously fears. Until he heals that part of himself, he has no shot of ever having a true intimate relationship. So here's the important takeaway point. If you're the kind of person who's always complaining that the right person just never seems to come along, then you must realize that they have come along many times already. You've already met plenty of people who would make for great partners, but you weren't a match to recognizing them on an energetic level because of your own unhealed wounds. So no spark happens between the two of you and you see right past one another. Whenever two people really connect, it is always because they are a vibrational match to one another's definition of love. So the real solution to attracting the perfect partner is to become that partner yourself. Write down a list of every quality you want in someone and then be brutally honest with yourself and ask, do I embody everything on this list the way that I'm expecting someone else to? After all, why should the perfect person want to be with someone who hasn't done the same level of self-work that they've done? Many people spend so much energy hating being single and complaining that the right person never comes around, and yet they are totally unaware of just how desperate they sound. Your resistance to being single is what makes you unattractive to others. Anyone who is truly healed and ready for a healthy relationship can spot that kind of insecurity from a mile away. So the bottom line is that no matter what you say to people on a verbal level, your energy is speaking for you and energy always tells the truth. It's really unfortunate to see how many people spend so much of their lives waiting for Mr. or Mrs. Perfect to come along and just wind up becoming cynical about love and blaming their singleness on everyone but themselves. If you find yourself in this position, then the best thing you can do for yourself is to call the search off. Your desperate need to find a life partner is just a reflection of the love you've been denying yourself. And everyone else can see this but you. So until you heal that lack of self-love, then you aren't a match to meeting Mr. or Mrs. Right. It's not that you're not attractive enough or not worthy of love. It's simply the fact that your energy is telling every potential suitor you meet that you will be a clingy codependent partner. And you might find someone who wants to date a clingy codependent partner 
but those kinds of relationships are just ticking time bombs that are destined to implode. You have to recognize that what you're really looking for is healing. We seek in others what we believe is missing inside of us. Because of this, your healing will occur in exact proportion to which you recognize the futility of seeking for love in someone else. Nobody can give you love. So to believe that what you're looking for is a person who will come along and finally give you what you have been denying yourself is futile. You simply aren't able to see your own value, so you want someone else to see it for you. But all along, you are everything you are seeking. If you would be willing to accept yourself completely, you would find so much love inside your heart, you would not be able to believe it. Healing happens the moment you no longer see any value in looking for fulfillment outside of yourself. What person would decide to travel across an endless desert unless they believed that some precious treasure awaited them on the other side? Healing happens when you realize that there is no treasure on the other side. The search for it is futile. You are that treasure already. And if you could recognize it in yourself, you would find that those who've also seen it in themselves will be drawn to you like a magnet. A self-empowered person is radiant, powerful, and magnetic, which means that those are also the kind of people they will eventually attract. And so this is the whole key that unlocks the secret of attraction. You do not attract what you want, you attract what you are. So don't look for what you want, simply become what you want. Dress for the occasion and the occasion appears. And the irony is that once you become what you wanted, then you no longer need it in the form of a relationship anymore. And that's exactly when the right relationship finally shows up.